0: In today's episode with Brendel Wolf, you are going to hear so much of what I also consider my father's Appalachia. We talk about the grittiness of people who live in the mountains, the giving nature that they have, and how the mountains are really home of our hearts. Appalachian people live off the land, they love the land, and yet there's also a legacy of others really taking advantage of that land. And we touch on that just a little in this episode, but there's so much more that could we could have gone into. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Brendel. Hope you enjoy her spoken word um, at the end of the episode. So please stay to listen to that and really take a peek into what I find is
1: our Appalachia.
2: Um, so, my name is Brindle Wolf and I am currently located um, in the, kind of in the Roanoke, um, Virginia area, so Southwest Virginia. I grew up in Allegheny County, which is closer to uh, West Virginia. So, I grew up kind of near Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Yeah, and I've just, I've spent a lot of time running around in the Blue Ridge <laughs> and all that that entails, um, different parts of the Blue Ridge and just different parts of Appalachia, I guess you'd say. I just have a real love for the whole area. You know, I think Kentucky, West Virginia, North Carolina, Western North Carolina, Virginia, they're all really beautiful places. Um, and I think a lot of times Appalachia in general sometimes gets overlooked. So yeah, that's, uh, kind of where I'm from
0: tell me is uh in your part of where you're at today in Virginia do they call it Appalachia or Appalachia uh
2: most people call it Appalachia you can tell you can definitely tell who's not from the area um mm-hmm. based on how people pronounce it and I'm also kind of closer to a bigger city right now in southwest Virginia one of the bigger cities um so there's a lot of folks who have come in to go to the colleges around here cause I'm close to Virginia tech and a lot of different, um, universities. So there's a lot of folks from, you know, all over the country that have come in to either be faculty members or students. So you get some diversity there. Um, and it's kind of a, uh, a, a debated topic yes. <laughs> on how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty funny because you can definitely tell like immediately whether somebody is like a local or not. And it's pretty interesting, too, because you can kind of tell or at least I can um, whether somebody is from like a certain part of the state in Virginia, too, because Virginia is pretty diverse in that sense. I mean, we're in Appalachia, but. But, you know, once you get closer to northern Virginia. I think people's dialects change a little bit in their accents and that sort of thing. I actually spent many years growing up near or spent many years living down near, um, Damascus, which is a trail town in Southwest Virginia about two hours from here. And there's a lot of folks that go down there to hike because it's close to the Appalachian trail. So it's really interesting to be down in that area too, because you have more of like an Eastern Tennessee, um, I guess like dialect or accent so i I definitely like can pick up on where (laughs) people are from kind of based on how people say certain things
0: that's interesting Um, yeah no i i totally get that um now i i know on my and i don't know how your uh accent or dialect will change but i know when i spend more time in the south it just you know it kind of it just morphs i think I don't know if I'm just one of those that kind of I don't want to say a copycat but you know you just start talking like the people that you're around so that that's what I find you know and I'm of course a northern girl so
2: yeah like you mimic it um
0: yeah I don't know it just it just happens it's weird
2: yeah, it's kind of ingrained in you, I think, especially mm-hmm. if you have family that are from that this area, I think. Um, I have a really good friend from eastern Tennessee who spent many, many years living in California, and she, it's so funny because whenever I fly out and hang out with her, people will comment and say that she starts talking like I do, and her accent comes out, but when I'm not around her, she doesn't speak like that, so I don't know if that's just something that she, I mean, obviously, like it's subconscious on a certain yeah. level. but She's not even aware that she's doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> um. So, I guess what does you know Appalachia then mean to you when when you really think about uh, the word and I guess the place?
1: Yeah, there's so much there um,
2: to unpack. When you sent me that, I was like, oh, there's a lot to dig into there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I think about Appalachia, I think a lot about how the land and the mountains are really ingrained in people. Um, whether you were born here or you're raised here, I think to a certain extent, that's just kind of in our in our DNA, because that's how we grew up. Um, and I do think that people in Appalachia have a special affinity towards nature and just living with the seasons to a certain extent and appreciating like the land and the valleys and the hills and all of that um I think even people that live in the bigger cities in Appalachia to a certain degree also appreciate that whether they're aware of it or not um I also think I mean I'm sure that that's probably a lot of people probably say that wherever they're from that there's a certain thing about wherever they live that they appreciate but I do think that people in Appalachia have a special like reverence for nature and land and the mountains in general. And I think that just the way of life is different too, um, slower pace to a certain extent, and just the things that we appreciate in the culture and what is right and what is wrong, and just this connectedness to like living things and living beings and all of that. So. I think some people probably appreciate it and then they don't even realize it or don't really articulate that. But I think that it's kind of ingrained in how they live their life. Even if it's, you know, even if we're diverse in demographics, I think that that's something that we all have in common. Um, Whether you're in Appalachian, Georgia or North Carolina or West Virginia, you know, Kentucky, I think we all kind of have that thread that kind of ties us all together. And I also think a lot about, Um, I'm actually working on a master's degree right now in global sustainability, and so I've been thinking a lot about natural resources lately and just the contradictions in Appalachia and our culture and, you know, how the natural resources were. It's really interesting to me how this region is so rich in natural resources, yet generally speaking, the area has been somewhat oppressed and economically disadvantaged because outsiders have, you know, taken advantage of the natural resources to a certain extent. And I think some of that also plays out in how people in Appalachia view other people or how we interact with the world, especially people that aren't from Appalachia, if that makes sense.
0: Now that's um, a very interesting kind of, a, that's an interesting thought because I've thought a lot about, um, you know, the mining and, you know, um, whether it was, you know, mineral mining or, um, or coal mining, um, all of that. And, you know, definitely the stories that my dad said about, you know, trying to get away from that, like that was, you know, the family of like not being in that industry, um, because of, you know, the danger of just, it was a hard life. Um, right. and, and very oppressive in that sense of, of what I've read as well. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it, it definitely feels, and again, as I'm an, you know, outsider kind of looking in with just, you know, some, uh, awareness from what I've heard and read, of course, but just that, um, you know, the people didn't really, you know, live there didn't really, like you said, benefit.
2: Uh,
1: right
2: yeah and there's this weird kind of dynamic too where people are aware of it but then people in the area also kind of are very proud about it so you Mm -hmm. know people are proud to be coal miners people are proud to be loggers Um, I mean my papa and all my uncles they were loggers and they cut timber for the local paper mill and so I grew up around in a really small town where everybody worked for the paper mill and that was considered a good job. Um, But it's really interesting because it was technically, you know, polluting the air and the water and that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, the people that worked for it also appreciated the land, but you know, it was the only economic opportunity they had. So they were, you know, kind of contributing to that in a way, which was this weird contradiction, but I think Appalachia has a lot of contradictions in general. Um, And then coal miners too. I mean, you know, the folks that either worked in the coal mines as coal miners or the people that did search and rescue in the coal mines and all of that. Um, It's really interesting um, dynamic in general. It's something that I think of a lot about. And I just think a lot about how people kind of live with the land. I know I grew up, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I spent a lot of time as a kid with my dad in the woods um, which is funny because I spent a lot of time out west backpacking in California and you know folks call the woods the forest but in Appalachia we call it the woods uh, and I just spent a lot of time running around in the woods with them and learning about hunting and foraging for mushrooms and ramps which is a big thing right now um, ramps are a big thing in West Virginia too but I don't think I ever really realized like how impactful that was to me until recently um I think that's played a lot into just my appreciation for nature and the mountains and I don't know I have a have a uh, special place in my heart for the Blue Ridge Mountains in general
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you were talking about kind of the tie and kind of I guess in the South when you're talking about Appalachia, but, you know, these Appalachian Mountains, um, they go like all the way up through Maine or in beyond. How do you, I guess, as someone living in you kind know, of the Virginia piece of of Appalachia, how do you think that there is or what similarities? Do you think there's a tie um, in, you know, all the way up? through the path? Or I guess, have you thought about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I think we all probably talk very differently. And I think everybody probably appreciates different things to a certain extent. But I do think anybody in the region, whether you're further north or further south, just has an appreciation for nature in general, and the environment. I mean, I also think that that can be a generalization too. So I don't like to, you know, just use a sweeping brush with everybody. Um, But I do think that people that live in the mountains just kind of operate in a different mode than they, than people that say, you know, live in the cities or live in like the Midwest or California or, you know, the West coast, that sort of thing. Um, I'm sure people out West that live in big mountains probably have a similar love of, land and nature like people here here do but um i also think that people in appalachia have a certain type of grittiness to us um i've spent a lot of time traveling and i've spent a lot of time out west and i've been overseas and um i think people in appalachia are like fiercely independent um, and very resourceful and very um determined and that sort of thing and i don't know if that is generally the case in other areas i mean i'm sure it is to a certain extent but i think that there's something um a little bit unique about folks that live in this region and i think part of that is because people in Appalachia have had to deal with a lot of stuff throughout history in general um which of course that could be said in a lot of different areas too so i don't like to like generalize Mm -hmm. (laughs) but
0: But it was, uh, you know, I think you hit on it with there's such a tie into the land, the land, you know, it was something they worked, they lived off of, um, that sustained them. And then, you know, dealing with whether it's natural disasters, drought, um, floods, um, you know, accidents, just all of things that can impact that, that could, you know, really impact their their ability to survive. So there had to be some, uh, you know, hardiness and grittiness um, to work the land and to, to survive off of it.
2: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I know people who still live off the land. I know people, I mean, I grew up around people who literally hunted in the fall and winter and stored all the meat in their freezer to get them through the year and then, and then, you know, use their gardens in the summer to live off of that and canning and, all of that good jazz. Um, I think canning is a big thing. I mean, canning, I think is a big thing in the South too, in general, whether you're in the mountains or not, but, um, but yeah, living off the land and just being resourceful with what you have, whether it's, you know, very little or I think folks in Appalachia are used to being innovative with whatever it is that they're given, whether it's under ideal circumstances or not. Um, And being determined and just a little bit stubborn. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a common theme with folks who live in Appalachia too. Um, You know, there's just, there's something about people who live in Appalachia who are very, you know, I I, I think it's funny because I tell the story sometimes I went home and was you know, this was a couple summers ago and I had just gotten back from backpacking out West. I had been, you know, at high altitude, um, you know, 12,000 foot passes and was doing some major climbing and did some pretty big mileage. And I was talking to an old family friend, like this old timer mountain man. And he was like, why are you going out there to go do all that climbing and exercise? And when you could just live, um, he said something along the lines of like, you could just or we don't need to work out or do that here because we do that by living. Like, that's just the way of life here. Like, you know, you don't have to work out or go, you know, walk long distances on a trail because just living is a workout in Appalachia. Um, So he was, you know, he was giving me a hard time about that. And he was, um, you know, he was being silly and he likes to jazz me every time I, or get me, he likes to get me fired up too. I think, I think it's another thing that's really funny about people. A lot of people on Appalachia is when we get worked up about stuff and fired up about stuff, we tend to, um, be very passionate about things. And I know for me, like my accent, my dialect comes out a lot more when I'm like super excited or super fired up about something. Um,
0: I think uh i mean i saw that in my dad he would get you know get very worked up and um and i don't want to say loud but you know excited in his voice and but you know at the end of the day and he's like oh no i'm I'm not mad i mean you know this is just this is just how i talk you know right, this is right. Just, yeah yeah of-
2: yeah i think it's a passion i think it's just like a passion for life in general and i think I think even though people in Appalachia like to act like kind of standoffish with outsiders to a certain degree, they're also the type of people who are very um, giving in the sense that, you know, a lot of people in Appalachia that don't have anything would give you the shirt off their back if you were somebody that really needed it. You know, and I think that that is something that's common for people in Appalachia, but sometimes gets overlooked because I think there's these stereotypes about people you know, in the region about not being opening or welcoming or being racist or whatever, you know, and I think that that's, I think that's not always accurate. I'm not saying that it's not, you know, I mean, I think that's with any group anywhere in any culture, there's diversity, you know, within each group too, so.
0: So you said you've been, you know, all over and traveled and this and that, but I guess what keeps you in in Appalachia then
2: (laughs) that's a good question um I have actually thought about relocating a lot and mainly to be honest the reason I've thought about relocating is for economic opportunity because Mm -hmm. I do feel that there is limited professional development and professional opportunities within Appalachia but I also have thought a lot about moving to bigger mountains just because I have a love of mountains I say that the Blue Ridge Mountains are like the home of my heart but the big mountains are kind of like the heart of my soul kind of you know if that makes sense um i have i have a love for big mountains and the blue ridge mountains but but i I do say i do think that i could not live somewhere where it's flat (laughs) (laughs) you know i have to see something on the horizon um (laughs) i have relatives who live near the coast um you know they were raised near west virginia as well but then my grandmother moved out towards the coast uh, you know um near delaware and it's super flat there's nothing on the horizon there's no contours you can't see anything um and i really appreciate being able to see you know different weather patterns and the seasons change and that sort of thing um i mean later this week it's supposed to be in the 80s and yesterday it was snowing here
0: Oh, it's so. snowing here too yesterday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weather is very all over the place in the mountains too. And I think that that's another thing that's really interesting whenever I have friends come in that aren't from the area, or if I go to Western North Carolina and I say, you know, the weather is very erratic and can vary very quickly, especially if you're at high elevation. Um, So please bring layers and all of that. And then people, you know, people are always surprised. They're like, well, it wasn't like this when we you know, flew in to wherever that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I definitely think the land is like a big theme for anybody in Appalachia, regardless of where you're at. Um, I think that that might look different for different folks depending on where they're at, but I do think that people have an appreciation for land and, and just like the, the, the way people operate in their daily lives and the culture and the music and and all of that stuff. So
0: well, I know that when I come to the Blue Ridge or you know, or southern, you know, Appalachian mountains that there is a there's definitely a home comfort feel to it um that I don't find out west on on those mountains and I don't know if it's just inherent to, you know, my father's upbringing and things like that. But it's a, it's a very peaceful feeling like, you know, like when you come home.
2: Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, I think a lot about how the mountains here kind of feel like loving arms, welcoming you to a certain degree, if that makes sense. Um, especially if you have a weary soul, (laughs) you know, anytime I've traveled or I'm just super exhausted or super overwhelmed or whatever it may be, I will just, you know, go to the mountains here, whether that means, you know, driving out to the parkway or just getting out there. Um, and there is, there's a certain sense of ease, I think that comes with the mountains here. Um, I'd be interested to know if other people feel as strongly about it as I do. I do think that people feel pretty strongly about it. now, whether they actually articulate it or not, I don't you know i am not sure about that, but I spend a lot of time running around in the mountains though so
0: <laughs> i I think there's lots of people who do feel the same way as you,
2: yeah, and it's really interesting to just see how I think nature and the outdoors can <laughs> brings people together too. Um, I think that that happened a lot this past year and the year before with COVID. I think people really retreated to nature. Um, It was interesting, too, because a lot of areas around here that usually do not get any kind of traffic in terms of people just exploded with people. And I think a lot of people were really trying to just get back to nature and find something that felt peaceful and brought some kind of ease to them, whatever the situation was with their personal lives. Um, So yeah, there were lots of people out in the woods and out on the mountains and out on the trails, way more people than I've ever seen. And I've spent a lot of time running around in the woods and it, it was really surprising. I mean, it was a good thing, but it also, um, you kind of wonder how peaceful it it will be if everybody starts doing that. Um, But I do think people naturally, like their natural instincts was like, we need to go to the mountains. We need to go to nature. We need to like, you know, there's kind of like a reverence to it. Um, I think, you know, somebody the other day asked me if I went to church on Sunday and I said, yeah, I went to the mountains because the cathedral, the mountains are kind of like the cathedrals for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, they probably didn't like that answer, but
0: (laughs) so where, um, so I gotta ask you, um, before we, before we break and end, I do got to ask you, what is your, then what's your place? Like, what's your, you know, you say you spend a lot of time out there, but you know, where's the one, what's that one trail or one mountain or somewhere that, you know, you kind of tend to gravitate back to?
2: Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I live, I have property on a really beautiful piece of land where I have really nice views of the mountains. Um, but for me, I, there's a place actually up in Floyd, Virginia that I go to pretty frequently. Um, that's off the parkway. And then there's another place up in, up on the parkway north of Peaks of Otter. And it's really just kind of like a random pull-off kind of situation, but sometimes I'll just go there and just set because it has a really beautiful view of the Blue Ridge mountains and it's really quiet. You never hear traffic. You rarely see people. Um, And I sometimes just go there and set. Um, But I, I spend a lot of time on all the trails around here. I'm also really involved with the volunteer trail maintenance club here and we maintain 120 miles of the trail. So, um, pretty much anywhere on the AT I'm a big fan of. Um, McAfee Knob has become really popular and really overpopulated. I generally don't spend much time there anymore just because it's become so populated. Um, I also tend to gravitate to off trails that are just kind of unmarked areas where there aren't a lot of folks. So, But there's so many beautiful areas here. Um, I could go on and on. I mean, that could be like a whole hour conversation about all the beautiful trails here, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and Western North Carolina. I mean, I think Western North Carolina is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, parts of West Virginia is really beautiful. I mean, West Virginia is beautiful in general, but, um, along the parkway, up near um, Mount Mitchell in Western North Carolina is really beautiful to do. There's a lot of trails and that sort of thing. Black Mountain, that area is really, really nice. Uh, Those mountains, those mountains are bigger than the mountains here, but they also are very much Blue Ridge Mountains, which is, you know, gives you that sense of home like you were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah. And also, I know, um, so you do some writing as well about, about the mountains?
2: uh yeah i mean on a very personal yeah level i haven't actually tried to publish anything (laughs) or anything like that um i actually have a full-time job that's not in writing at all and then i am also a full-time graduate student Mm -hmm. and then i also do some outdoor instructor guiding for our local parks and rec department Um, and then I'm also involved with our AT club and I'm involved with the Sierra club out West. So I have a lot of different, um, hats I wear.
0: (laughs) But all of them somehow have to lead you back to, to spending time in the mountains. I think it has to, it links it all together in some way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I think my dream job would be something where I could just spend all my time running around in the mountains. Um, You know, whether it's mountains here or mountains somewhere else, I just being outside all the time would be my like dream scenario. (laughs) Um, And I do do some of that on a part-time kind of basis, but I don't do it on a full-time basis. So that's, uh, you know, that's like an end goal there for me. So yeah, I'm I'm working towards it. Keep
0: keep manifesting it. You know, just put it out (laughs) into the put it out into the universe.
2: Yeah, I definitely need to put that out there more. So. Um, but yeah there's something about I and I really enjoy getting people out there other people out there I think um, there's something very cool about getting people out in nature and seeing them kind of like push back push past their own limits so for like backpacking or that sort of thing you know things that maybe people aren't 100% comfortable with it's really fun to try and get people out there and then and then you know when they get done with a trip they they'll say something like oh my god I did that or that was so cool or that sort of thing and they they say stuff like oh I wouldn't have done that if you know you guys hadn't helped me or that sort of thing so I think that that's really great too um I think that more people should get kids out there when they're younger too but and I think people in Appalachia do that to a certain degree um but I would love to see more folks getting people outside and embracing nature and meditating with it and studying with it and (laughs) soaking it all in.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, Brendel, I appreciate you sharing your Appalachia with me.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Thank you, Brendel, for sharing your story with me. And I would like to share what you wrote and provided as a recording of your Appalachia. Take a listen.
1: I am. Fall colors on the ridge line, a feast for the eyes, mountain laurel pass and red buds blushing, a warm spring rain and tree peepers singing, lightning bugs flickering on a hot summer night, breathtaking views and indigo blues, marshy woodlands and muddy boots, banjos plucking and toes tapping, Dialect slow as the run of honey, accents thick as thieves, cannon jars and stringin' and beans, the whippoorwill's song in pre-dawn light, wildflower fields, mighty oaks and hardy souls, back glass rifles and deer strung high, jeep floorboards and three on the tree, shotgun shells and spring gobbler beards, wood plank floors and fireplace stones, dirt and dogs, hard truce and working hands, railroad towns and timber yards, shopfront closures and abandoned towns, mud puddle splashes in the day's downpour, brown paper bags and tomato stands, green dollar bills and old coffee cans, the house in the gap and the farmhouse in the field, Worn tractors and weathered letters. Felled timber and chainsaw oil. Backs breakin' on blue-collared fellers. Grit and grace. Survivin' in trying times. Eggs from the hens and shine from the jar. A farmer's tan and tailgate bales. A gardener's bounty and a walk to the river. Small-town gossip and bless your heart. Vernal poles and tadpole tails. Straw hats bursting with red wine berries, the sweet taste of black heart cherries, porch sittin' and sweet tea sipping, country roads take me home, the hills and the hollers, the ancient blue ridge. I am from the mountains, a place that runs deep in the blood and roots. I am Appalachia.